Come one, come all to the After Dark Podcast. The podcast in which Sheriff Anthony does his best to wrangle Conrad through Westworld, one doggone episode at a time. So kick back and grab yourself some Apple Jack, or some Adam's Ale if that's your preferred poison, and get ready for these two wannabe cowboys to ramble the night away. Music is provided by the fantastic Nancy White and Jared Iscariot. Enjoy the show! Howdy, and welcome to the After Dark Podcast. I'm Anthony James, and that's Conrad. You stole the word that I was going to say, so I'm just going to send a, uh, a, how- a howdy right back to you there. Yeah, yeah. howdy doody. <laughs> <Yeah>. Howdy doody. <laughs> we are here to talk about Westworld. Yeah, so we if you have, if you're not uh, a fan of the Afterlife podcast, you haven't listened to us before. We are a show which we go through uh, episodes of a TV show one by one. I've usually seen the TV show, whereas Conrad has not. So we get some crazy theories from Conrad, and uh, so yeah, I'm hoping that he'll get some crazy theories for Westworld. Mm. The two previous shows, Dark and The OA, definitely some crazy theories there. So if you're joining us for Westworld, expect a lot of those. Conrad, yep. how are you feeling about Westworld? I'm feeling rooting and tooting and all the other words associated with westerns that I could possibly muster. I, I, I um, So I should actually say um, ahead of time, that the small caveat that I have actually seen the first two episodes of this show previously uh, i don't okay. think that's gonna affect much because honestly watching this one again i was like wow i forgot a lot of this to be honest um but uh but yes yeah, so uh we want full disclosure mm-hmm. we want to always yep. be honest but i'm feeling great um, i i really enjoyed the first episode of this not to put the cart before the horse uh and i i can't wait to uh i can't wait to dive into it yeah, yeah that that that, that... <laughs> lifelong saying of conrad cart before the horse actually makes contextual sense now (laughs) listen we still have carts and horses in present day it makes sense for all of them that is true actually Uh, maybe they don't have uh, carts and horses on saturn i can't speak for saturn true uh my wife ema's uh grandfather collected uh carts not western style carts more sort of english style carts well he has one cart which was used by queen elizabeth when she visited uh northern ireland that's all i'll say lovely yeah, yeah. So not not quite the rootin' tootin' carts, but yeah, it'll, <laughs> no. do. it'll do. There's no it, shotgun seat. It's cowboy adjacent, <laughs> if not explicitly cowboy related. It's, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's still a cart that had a horse attached to it at some point. Exactly. Right, okay, so we're here to talk about Westworld, and I, to be honest with you, cannot wait. So, what do you say we just get into it, Conrad? Let's do it. Oh, let's break it down! Okay, so Westworld, episode one opens up with a character who will be will become known as Dolores mm. sitting in a dark room sort of like an interrogation room uh and there is like people questioning her or someone questioning her um about like sort of does she recognize uh, there's a lot of questions like has she ever questioned the nature of her reality so yeah. straight away you already know that this is going to be some if you do nothing about the show, you're already thinking like, is yeah, this some the- Matrix crap or what's going on here? They're already asking you the big questions. And I- I'm going to say something right now that isn't actually explicitly related to this scene, but it, it bears mentioning. I didn't realise that Michael Crichton wrote the screenplay for the original movie in the 70s, the Yul Brenner one. Um, Michael Crichton, obviously, of Jurassic Park and Congo fame, um, which to me immediately says that perhaps we're going to be investigating themes of man meddling with things he doesn't fully understand in in this TV show. Uh, That's very much Michael Crichton's uh, wheelhouse, so to speak. Well, that as well as... Parks. He loves parks. Oh, he, he loves, loves a park. Absolutely loves, loves a park. <laughs> yeah. So uh yeah, like I think this is this is essentially Jurassic Park, but you replace the Dilophosaurus with cowboys. Um yeah. but yeah, so Dolores is being questioned here. Um I assume immediately uh that this scene is um that this scene is taking place at some point in the future and we're gonna flash back to uh what has happened uh building up to building up to this scene i don't actually think that this scene i'm just trying to think now so there's two things about this scene I, obviously the fly makes a comeback fly quite important yeah, yeah. um for it for it denotes throughout this episode uh, and the fact that that dolores just kind of lets the fly sit on her um speaks to an awareness of what doing that or not doing anything to the fly uh, means to the humans who are watching her. But I don't think this is her at the end of this episode. I think this is her probably at the end of this season, I'm going to assume. 
Although she does end up with kind of like blood on her and, you know, all, all kind of messed up at the end of this episode as well. So maybe I'm just mm-hmm. misreading that. Yeah, well, I also think that, um, like, I don't think when they when they were showing her face, like, they don't necessarily showing that the other guy was next to her. Because at the end of the the, uh, the episode, the, the guy who's questioning her is very much right next to her. And it, you yeah. didn't really see that in the shot. Having said that, I will say, um, even if it isn't this exact time, there this, this seems to be like sort of obviously they, they have to keep re Recurring, loop. them, yeah. recurring loops so the idea to me like for me this was just like classic pilot fare like yeah. one of the biggest things in a pilot is you start off with the scene or a scene that's very similar to the end of the episode yeah. so that if you know if they works say in a, no, works in, a, in, in its own Im- yeah. environment doesn't require anything else outside of yeah it. it's like a short story if nothing else if they don't get picked up um yeah so but yeah I, I actually quite enjoyed it and then we sort of go from there so, oh, one thing I will say. What did you think about them saying lose the accent? And then, just would you believe, she proceeded to talk in a different accent. Yeah, it was... Um, I, I, I quite like the um, the idea that, they're, that the accents are like an affectation that can change. Because I guess it speaks to what we find out in this episode which is that like the 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 hosts they're called like mm-hmm. the 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 robots or whatever in the park um they're like designed kind of like modularly so that they can slot into different roles in the park so i guess it makes sense that they that their accent isn't just kind of fixed into their core code it's something that can be changed um on on the fly um and you know really good really good acting there's some great acting in this episode actually i, I didn't look up any actors names um but but this actress here um you know to just swap swap out your accent pretty seamlessly is pretty it's pretty impressive yeah um yes i agree with you and uh that actress is evan rachel wood um who is currently going through a lot of there's certain things in the in the papers about her she's she's come out and told truths about her relationship with marilyn manson which does not paint marilyn oh manson okay yeah okay in a good I, light at all yeah um, that that i, I remember I, I was wondering where i where i knew her from and that is it yeah so um i was sort of pointing i was trying to be a bit more funny there connor you made a fantastic I, I, point I, I felt like there was a joke that i wasn't understanding so i thought yeah, i just so, i just mosey yeah. on around it <laughs> yeah so the joke is the the fact that these people who created these machines uh have have programmed into them that their own american accent like sort of not like is is not an accent so like i love the because obviously oh, I this, see. Yeah. Ev- everything is programmed so the idea is you need to when they say lose the accent i love that they actually went to the bother of programming in that their own voice their normal american voice is not actually an accent well i guess that's anthony yeah. hopkins because she's the as we find out later she's the oldest host in the park so anthony hopkins yeah. probably programmed her with like a welsh accent or something like that just to be like <laughs> So stick two fingers up to the to the Yanks. <laughs> <laughs> well, you never know. I just like the, the discussion of accents is always hilarious. Everyone's got an accent. Uh, yeah. Okay, so uh, we get the introduction to the father. She wakes up. She sort of comes out into the thing. We meet her father, who is going to be quite a big character in this episode going yep. forward. Um, they have sort of they sort of go through some of their dialogue. To be quite honest with you, this scene happens a couple of times, um, mm. and I can't remember the exact things that are said in this scene. I think it's very much just like, you know, make sure you're back for dark or yeah. that sort of thing. Well, it's, I mean, it's like the, the, the thing that's, that's really smart about this episode, and I'm assuming they're going to probably keep returning to this as kind of like a narrative device is if you take away all the science fiction-y kind of stuff in Westworld and just viewed this episode as an episode of like a kind of Western procedural on, on uh, the, uh, TV or Western serial rather on, on TV, it would still work like, because it's basically, it's de- very deliberately hitting all of these like narrative tropes. You know, like the, this sort of gunslinger coming back into town to rekindle a lost love and James Marsden's character, Teddy, um, you know, the, the old lawman who's like settled down and wants to protect his family on the ranch. Um, yeah. But uh, and but the, all of those exist on their own and are actually really well performed and really well written. And the fact that they use them to deliver kind of exposition for what is actually going on at the same time, um, with with like some dramatic irony in there, is just so well done. So in this in this this first set, we just get like Teddy, uh, who I'll say like the here, uh, here and now. I I think that James Marsden might be the most kind of like humiliated uh sort of semi leading man in anything I've ever seen. I was talking to someone about this after I watched this because I was thinking between him playing Cyclops and just getting humiliated and then killed off screen in the X Men films and having Jean Grey stolen away from him by Wolverine. And then in I think 
it's either the notebook or dear john where ryan gosling or, or channing tatum depending on which one of those it is steals him away uh, steals his partner away from him um in those movies and then in this where he's just like constantly humiliated <laughs> And, That's and his made job. To, but he's like he's like the white hat cowboy in this. Like he's a good guy, and like we're supposed to root for him. And you know he's coming in and being like, "Oh, just trying to act chivalrous." Uh, and it's yeah, it's a shame what happens to him repeatedly in this episode. Yeah, it's like literally like later on, the man in black says to him, you know, like Ed Harris, he says to him, mm. you know, you're you're the guy who we have, you know, we have to take her from so that we feel better about it, you know. Yeah. Um, it's a perpetual loser. Um, having said that, I thought it was quite interesting. Oh, before I say this, actually, I, I want to just point out at the very beginning here, there's two things I forgot to mention at the start. One thing is, sorry, guys, at the minute, there'll be no no pictures as we go through, purely because um, Now TV, which I watch it on in the UK, has a weird jiggery-pokery going on where it does not let you screen cap uh, and take take images. So if I get if I find a workaround for that, I will do that. If not, this is how, to, how it is. Um, the second thing I want to mention is the creators of this show are Jonathan Nolan and Lisa Joy. Jonathan Nolan, of course, Christopher Nolan's brother. And oh, okay. Yeah, so he actually wrote the original short story Memento Mori, which the film Memento was based on. Yeah, in fact, I think he I helped think... write Man of Steel as well. If yeah, I'm he not does. Mistaken. He does actually write some of the stuff. I think even The Dark Knight, possibly he was involved in with David yeah. Escoria as well. But my point is, on Now TV, which I watch it on in the UK, it said Cowboy Show, whatever, by J.J. Abrams and Jonathan Nolan. Yeah, and that so J.J. Abrams must have been like a producer on this. But I thought to myself. Can you imagine being Lisa Joy? Just cut out there. Yeah. No, Jonathan Nolan and Lisa Joy are the creators. Like, screw JJ, JJ Abrams here. Like, what did JJ Abrams advise on? I wonder. Like, did he tell them how to get lens flare right? Is that was that like? <laughs> is that his input? Um, yeah. That that that's um, the JJ Abrams like tag at the beginning of any TV series fills me with dread. More often, <laughs> more often than not, um, and uh, and it did so here as well. But fortunately. Um, this doesn't have any of any of his like sticky little fingerprints all over it. Uh, it, it seems like what were their names? Sorry, Lisa, Lisa Joy and Lisa Jonathan Joy Nolan. and Jonathan Nolan. Yeah, it seems like they were able to operate on their own and create something quite quite distinct here, which I'm grateful for. Yeah. Okay. So what I wanted to mention was, uh, what did you think about like when Teddy walks into town, comes off the train for the first time? It's very much implying that he is a newcomer. So what did you think in that sort of first sort of 20 minutes of the show where you follow Teddy and he's getting with uh, with Dolores and like, oh, I can't believe you came back. It's very much implying to me. Or maybe you didn't read it like that, but to yeah. implying to me that we... we maybe it's because you've seen the first two already. Yeah. But- I, I, I think but I, I think the first time I watched it, I don't think I read it like that either, purely because he's playing the part so convincingly. Whereas like I think this this episode uh this well uh, the first two episodes, but but this one uh, specifically makes a point of kind of showing that all of the newcomers seem a little bit kind of awkward in their roles and they're mm-hmm. you know, they're they're not really fitting into the narrative neatly as in a, in a very funny way towards the end of the episode. Um, (laughs) but, uh, so I think I always interpreted him as, um, interpreted him as a host, uh, which makes that there's a, the, there's a lot to be said, I think about the triangle of his relationship with Dolores and then Ed Harris's character and why they are being singled out uh by ed harris in the scene following that that introduction um that i think yeah it it bears bears some exploration but i i think i always interpreted teddy as a as a host just because of how how well performed he was okay fair that makes sense because obviously yeah he's walking through that you we do see a lot of newcomers being real awkward as you say yeah and they do stand out but at the same time we it's think it's so cool like he's walking through the town and there's like the missions like there would be in red yeah 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 like there's like the cat almost literally like characters with like exclamation marks above their head being like how about you sir and and like and (laughs) and you know we see through the repetition in the episode the various different ways that that can go and it's just it's so smart And, and i think I feel like it holds up to scrutiny. I, I'll be interested to see, you know, how how as the series goes on, how they kind of expl- explain certain parts of it. Because you know, the idea of obviously by the end of this day, Teddy and Dolores are well, we don't know about Dolores, but Teddy is dead. So do they? Does he come in on the train again the next day because he's died, or is there like a set period of time before he's recycled into the narrative, or how does that work? But it, but it's mm. it feels like it. It feels very believable. Well, I think it the way, yeah, the way I'm sort of getting it, and it does come back a little later, but the way I'm sort of understanding it at the minute is 
whenever one one piece is taken out, they have other things that they do. So whenever Teddy didn't meet Dolores, she went and painted by the river. So yeah. if if Teddy is killed, then the next day Dolores will reboot, but she'll never see Teddy, so she'll just go paint. You know? Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, yeah, I, I, that's actually a really good point. I hadn't thought about the changes in Dolores's behavior, perhaps reflecting the narrative changes because Teddy's not around. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's really cool. Uh, okay, so um, Teddy and uh, um, and Dolores have sort of a nice romantic day. Yeah, um, lovely, cause... lovely western vistas, like a John yeah. Ford western. You know, you get like yeah. the Arizona sunset or wherever. I'm not sure where this was filmed, but it looks a bit like Arizona to me. Um, yeah, it's somewhere like Arizona, New Mexico, something like that. Yeah. And um, I think, uh, well, they mentioned something like a Judas steer, which is like the the yes. lead the lead cattle. Um, so yeah, so they they have a lovely day, and eventually yeah. they go up they go up to to the ranch just to say hello to Daddy. And yep. uh, unfortunately, wouldn't you know it, <laughs> milk milk drinking bandits. About. These milk bandits have made themselves at home in their house. Um, now this is a question for you. Now obviously okay. the first two episodes we're gonna have a lot of questions like originally when you watch it because you have seen these first two before so too much tips is not much but it's going to seem like a long time to get there question is did you think these guys were newcomers the first time you watched it i i don't think i did i think i was thinking everyone was a newcomer i was yeah, thinking when i first I, watched I, it, I was like duk, duk, duk. i i think i think my interpretation of it was always like they, they make it really clear who the newcomers are because they're kind of like they're just really awkward a lot of the time. And but they, at this point, we hadn't seen any. That's the point I'm making. That, like, that is true. Um, Ed Harris is the first one we see, Man in Black. Yeah, that is a good point. I, 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 I feel like I didn't. Mm-hmm. I think coming into this, because because I know... I, I, I've never actually seen the, the Yul Brenner movie from the 70s. Um, I'm aware of like the concept of it. So I think coming yeah. in the first time I watched this, I was aware of the principle. Like it's you know it's like a, like an, attra- a, an, an attraction that yeah. people come to visit. That I was expecting, or that I was already kind of pre-armed with that knowledge. So I was like, this all seems like it's narrative that's just happening in 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 the uh, yeah, in yeah. the like within the hosts of the park. Because um, it was so stereotypically Western. Yeah, that's. I mean, it's, it is really hitting those like kind of narrative tropes mm-hmm. of just like are oh, these gosh darn bandits like rustling cattle at the ranch and stealing milk and getting up to god knows what um but then i love i I love the like narrative whiplash and i've got a lot to say about ed harris's character here um but the like narrative whiplash of just being like nope i'm just going to interrupt this narrative now um after you know obviously it's playing out and and teddy gets the drop on the bandits and kills kills both of them um and then yeah ed harris says a lot in this scene that i think is going to be important Okay, so he says. Well, he says he's been coming for thirty years. Yeah. He sort of. So therefore, he sort of knows everything that's been going on. Mm-hmm. Um, he's 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 talked about how that it's cruel to pair them off, which I thought was a quite interesting thing to say. Yeah. Um. Yeah, and uh, winning doesn't mean anything unless someone loses. So that's that's what we mean about uh, Teddy being the loser. Yeah. Uh, and then he takes Dolores to do things I don't really wish to talk about. Well, <clears throat> so that's my. That's obviously how it's presented to me, and maybe that is just what happened. But I think so. The the, the few th- there's there's a couple of things we'll have to come back to in this because yeah. I don't I don't want to necessarily discuss them here because they're um they're expanded a bit later. But he's been coming here, so he's dressed all in black. First off, it's like okay, well you know <laughs> Western code set as I am actually at the moment. Like uh, like if you're dressed all in black, you're a bad guy. That's the rules in westerns, right? Yeah. It's true for Henry Fonda in uh, Once Upon a Time in the West. It's true here, um, but. And I, and he's very clearly set up as a villain, you know. He's kind of lording it over Teddy, like laughing at him as he's unable to kill him. Which I'm interested in if they ever explain the technology of like how the guns work on hosts, but don't work on newcomers. Yeah. Um, that that feels. It might be actually. It might be that the. Well, my, just off the top of my head, I, I can't remember if it's explained, but right now in my head, I'm thinking it might just be that the type of bullet doesn't. Uh, doesn't it pierces there themselves? Maybe they have like little trackers on them that track the bullets. I yeah, don't know, like I don't know, like an EMP bullet or something. But um, mm-hmm. <clears throat> yeah. So I, I think the fact that he's kind of taunting Teddy, um, mm-hmm. he's wearing all black. He's very kind of Machiavellian in his motions. Um, and then you know he drags Dolores off at the end. It's, it immediately to me says, oh, okay, this guy's a bad guy, and I feel mm-hmm. like they're leaning into that. But then I'm dr- I'm taken back to 
the idea that nothing is what it seems in this park and and i started to kind of like analyze what he'd actually said which is something i didn't do the first time i saw this which is that Mm -hmm. okay he's been coming here for 30 years that feels more than just like like more than just a pleasure trip to me you don't keep coming back for 30 years Mm -hmm. um and certainly what he gets up to in this episode implies that he has a plan for something bigger and i actually don't know if he dragged dolores off to do what it's implied he did that's my suspicion um just because it's so obviously set up to imply that that i'm like "Mm, i feel like he's doing he's he's trying to kind of wake her up or something Uh, that's Mm. that's my suspicion for what ed harris's character is doing here interesting okay i like it um okay so after that sort of showdown at the at the at the ranch they have uh, the day starts again and so we get the the, what will, ha- will happen multiple times uh we get that sort of that the same music playing we get her eyes opening up yep um and she wakes up she uh comes out oh we also actually what happens is after it starts again it actually co- uh zooms out yeah uh and shows you sort of a visualized map almost like it's they're not actually tiny it's just like it's a, it's a visualized map <laughs> of the yeah, park that's, it's actually like a, like a flea circus like they're just tiny little robots <laughs> Well, before I had seen the show, I had seen a sc- I had seen like a picture in a trailer or whatever of like that uh, image of them standing around the, the 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 countryside, and I thought, hang on, are they tiny? Like, yeah, <laughs> they're like the gods of Olympus. They're just <laughs> like yeah, yeah. watching on. Um, yeah, the, I, this is this is your sort of textbook nudity scene in an HBO. Mm-hmm. Uh, kind of prestige TV show here. It's like we're gonna get lots of nudity, naked horses as well for like for oh, anyone yeah. who's 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 Down that boat. Yeah, who's that way inclined? Um, and um, we get some very important exposition about uh, for, uh, a character by the name of Ford, who's mm-hmm. adding things without oversight for each update. Um, and there's one thing that said it. I didn't actually catch the the, the bearded programmer guy's name. Um, in Bernard. this episode, Bernard. Okay. Um, he's he's great. I like Bernard Bernard a lot. I've got a lot of time for his relationship with the um security lady who looks a bit like Lucy Lawless, whose name I also didn't uh, didn't yeah, catch. Yeah, I, I I can't remember that character's name if I'm completely honest with you um, we'll get there we'll get i apologize to the listeners it, it's a new series it's going to take me a couple of episodes to get up to speed on everyone's names but um but um but yeah so bernard when they are i can't remember who it is they're actually looking at oh it's the prostitute lady at the um yeah the very strikingly eyed prostitute lady yeah lady. yeah so he's there with the with the other with the other uh like programmer lady um and um clementine you call her the, the 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 one from the brothel is Clementine. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, so they're, yeah, they're there like analyzing this kind of um oh what does he call them? There's a word for it. It's not glamour. It's like some kind of word like that. Um little things that have been added. Um, oh rever- reveries. Re- reveries, that's it. It's a lovely, mm-hmm. a lovely word for, you know, mm-hmm. these these kind of little flourishes of personality. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the thing that Bernard says here, which really struck me, is that um the the program is with him it's like well they're overwritten you know every every single uh, day or whatever so like how do they have these memories in there and he points out that as is the case with a lot of hard drives the memories aren't overwritten they're in yeah. there waiting to be overwritten which to me seems like an important plot point <laughs> like that seems like it might come back in in a fairly significant way well it seems to have already come back a little bit because um uh Peter Abernathy Dolores' yes. father seems to be remembering his time as an occultist. Yes, yeah, absolutely. Well, yeah, maybe. We'll see what's going on with that one. But um, <laughs> also, yeah, this woman just like kissing uh, Clementine in full view of everyone else seems like an odd choice <laughs> in this scene. Yeah, that was in- that was interesting. Very, very intimate with the host there. Yeah, so I don't know. Actually... I was just like, what? Okay, this feel- it feels like you could have got away with this in maybe a more private place than literally a, a room with glass walls <laughs> surrounded by other scientists those who live in glass houses should not kiss hosts yeah that's the thing that's the old um, saying that is the old saying uh but yeah okay so we get um, the classic I, I just wanted to point out as well yeah. very, very like uh, uh, the very funny character uh, i hope this guy is more than just a stereotype but we got like the security guy who doesn't trust the park <laughs> like it's uh, <laughs> yeah. it's you know so you can set your watch to this character showing up in a michael Crichton uh book and here he is folks well, I remember watching this uh, this show, um, and I said to Emo the first season, I said, "Jesus, who's this p- poor man's Chris Hemsworth?" Right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's Luke Hemsworth, his older brother. Is he actually a Hemsworth? One <laughs> yeah. of the cl- one of the clan Hemsworth? Not wait, hold on. How <laughs> yeah. many of them are there? Now? There's Luke, there's Three. Chris, and there's the other one who's rubbish. 
Uh, uh, he was the in... one who used to go out with Miley Cyrus. Yeah, he was in. He was in what some one of the Expendables movies. I want to say he's absolute garbage, but um, that's very funny that they got a budget Hemsworth for this one. Um, <laughs> they're like the they're the Baldwins of the 2010s. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, he he is good. I mean, he's he's a character archetype at the moment. We'll see if they expand him anymore. Um, the the big thing that I think that comes out of his kind of introduction is the revelation with Bernard um, mm-hmm. that the park hasn't had a critical failure in over 30 years which seems to coincide with the length of time that Ed Harris's character has been coming to the park. Interesting. Almost, almost as if he was affected by the last one, and it's driven him to try and do something to maybe affect the park's fortunes. Very interesting. That was, Very that was, interesting. That's my... And they, that'll come back later as well with a certain photograph that, uh, <laughs> that we'll, we'll discuss when we get to it. All right, awesome. So, um... Unscheduled activity is where this Hemsworth brother gets introduced. They go yep. down into the cold storage. Uh, I call it the body room. Yeah, uh, very creepy. Very creepy room. Very creepy. Walking through all these uh, hosts that are just sort of standing there looking. I, I, it's interesting to me, like, they they made some comment about, like, why don't we fix this place up? And like it's like, I don't know. I heard what they said, but all I remember is that they may as well have said, yeah, but we wouldn't have this cool like part of the episode if we did that. Um, yeah, I mean that is that is kind that definitely true, and it's it's really it's it's really interesting the set design here because it's almost like a mall that they're going through. It's like kind of these like lost sub levels of this um of this this place that looks like maybe they were part of some kind of leisure facility or something that they've repurposed into just cold storage for these bodies. And it does also imply that this is not the heyday of the park. It implies that the heyday is in the past because if all these places throughout the building are shut down yeah. it implies that actually this maybe in the past was a huge bustling bustling part of the part of the building you know yeah absolutely yeah yeah okay so um they go through and they actually finally meet ford um mm-hmm. and he's down talking to one of his one of the, one of the very first um uh hosts called old bill very yep. much like old bill hickok Michael uh, Michael goddamn Wincott from Alien Resurrection and a bunch of other movies. Uh, I was very pleased to see him here. Yeah, and he's so Ford is talking to him. Obviously, just loves to have a little chat to his his oh, creations. Just have a like, just have this. And the, yeah. uh, like, you 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 forget because obviously we don't see Anthony Hopkins that much anymore because he's quite old. So you know he, yeah. he, he did the father fairly recently. But when you see Anthony Hopkins, it's like oh, it's just it's like putting on an old pair of slippers <laughs> yeah 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 he's lovely, lovely man lovely he's lo- yeah yeah i think of zorro to be honest with you uh so, yeah sure yep <laughs> <laughs> that's why he's most famous <laughs> it's funny like because i saw probably anthony hopkins like that's the the role i saw him in the earliest in my life the zorro film yeah and if, therefore it's, it's just like ingrained in my mind that he is zorro uh, that's, all, so, that's so funny. Not Hannibal Lecter. Not. Uh, well, I didn't watch that when I was seven. You know, what that's I mean? a fair point. Yeah, I probably watched that earlier than I should have. <laughs> <laughs> you actually saw that. Uh, you, you wanted to watch Zorro. You saw that he was in it. And it's like, hang on, I need to watch Hannibal Lecter because if I watch that, I'm going to always think of him. As yeah, being I need Zorro. to. I need to make Silence of the Lambs my first Anthony Hopkins memory. <laughs> Thank you very much. And then I'll go watch that weird pirate movie with him and Mel Gibson yeah. where they. But like, Conrad, you're six years old. It doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. I care about my I'll view of Anthony Hopkins. I'll choose what I watch. Thank you very much. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, Dolores again restarts the day. Yeah. Talks to her dad. We found out that he's a former lawman, which we've mentioned. Um, yeah. Uh, so there's there's that 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 sort of he he says don't you know be back by dark you know same sort of thing again. Yeah. What's Just little little yeah. extra snippets of these conversations. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're getting little extra bits here and there. I love that they uh, then go to the newcomer. Oh, like the, oh the, this dude, the guy points this, at, points this at, points fucking at guy with his yeah. like that, that. He looks like oh, what does he remind me of? Like you know when when um, I I want to say it's in like Wild Wild West or something. When someone travels to like the Wild West and they're made to look up like a complete idiot, like yeah, that's yeah, what yeah. this guy looks like. Like he all he's missing is one of those like enormous hats, like the you know like they would wear in in like a, a farcical Zucker Brothers comedy or something. Like and you know he I, I presumably I don't know how it works. I guess you get to choose your costume or maybe your dress or whatever. But the fact that yeah. he chose this is outrageous to me. Like he needs to have a long hard look at himself <laughs> in the I mean, mirror. It's, ab- it's absolutely fantastic. Um <laughs> it, it's like mar- it's like maroon. Yeah, <laughs> maroon with like patterned lapels and then and and just this and he's got the the old like neckerchief as well. It, this character's great. 
Like I, I'm a big fan of this character. <laughs> the, the, the neck, the neckerchief. Yeah. yeah, he goes. Uh, he goes. Yeah, we'll take on the bounty. That'd be fun, honey. Uh, yeah. yeah. His wife so, not impressed. Yeah, it's called, it's almost like uh, if like Chevy Chase was in this show. This That's literally who I was thinking of. Like if Chevy Chase was in was in Westworld, this is how he would dress. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. Um, then Teddy is about to go back over to um, Dolores and sort yep. of kickstart their storyline. But then some guy comes up to him and goes, "Hey, Teddy, Teddy, I know this one." And he's like, uh, "He's like, you were our guide last time. Come on!" And he like takes him around with him. So that sort of yeah. interrupts Teddy's uh, day uh, and sends Dolores off to paint. Um, yeah. Yeah. And then the man in black comes over to Dolores and says, "Sorry, Dolores, I got other plans tonight." Mm. Yes, he does. And um, it's it's again, it's just another moment where it's like. He's so clearly designed to be to appear menacing that I'm like I actually think this guy might have a slightly tragic backstory. <laughs> like I think I think I don't I can't believe even though Ed Harris is always a very good villain I I I don't I don't buy that he's quite as villainous as he looks. Yeah, yeah. Uh, okay, so we'll keep an eye on that then. Uh, we go out with the sheriff to the bounty. Yep, and he starts glitching oh. like fuck. Oh, this is rough to watch. Like this, yeah, just the sounds and the way his eyes start moving. Um, there are some, there are some great. I don't know if they're practical effects. Actually, I assume this one probably was a mixture of digital and practical, or maybe it was mm-hmm. all digital actually. Um, but this is this is absolutely like phenomenal. Um, however they achieved this, it looks amazing and it's really really horrific. Um, so yeah, I mean it's and it and it's it seems like. Well, we find out like after this that maybe something has, like the the fly landing on his face has basically like prompted him to 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 bug out. But it looks, uh, yeah, it looks nasty. It is. It's pretty crazy to be honest with you. Um, I, I assume the flies are not uh, ghosts. <laughs> I assume the flies are real. Um, who knows? I mean, the horses yeah. aren't. <laughs> well, based based on the end of this, based on the end of this episode. I'd imagine actually that that's what they're implying. Uh, Can you imagine if be... at the beginning of each day they're just like and they're like yeah. open like a whole thing of flies, <laughs> yeah. they're like yeah. released into the park just to get swatted again and then collected at the end of each day. <laughs> that's amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I want to believe. I yeah. want to believe. <laughs> right. I've got a serious question for you, Conrad. Okay, um, hit me. And it is serious. Okay. H- how do you feel? Um, the fact that your culture as an annoying Englishman has been appropriated in this show. <laughs> Oh wait, who was? Uh, oh, that guy is the big. Uh, I was like, "How dare you? How very dare you?" <laughs> I I do not feel represented by this character. That he is. I mean, you know, again, a Michael Crichton uh, archetype popping up here. The the kind of money driven marketing scumbag. Uh, yeah. You know, it's it's a classic character. Um, and this guy. I, I think he's. I don't th- honestly. I don't think he's very well performed. Hopefully, he grows on me. I think the other archetypes, are, and like Ben Bernard and the security lady. Mm-hmm. I think like even the the security guy, even though he's obviously like very one note, he's just like I hate all robots. Um, <laughs> he he's still you know well performed, and I I bought him as a character. And Bernard is great, and the security lady is great. This guy, I was like, this is too much. You're you are the worst person in the world here. Um, <laughs> But at the same time, I'm glad he's there because he kind of gets his comeuppance at the end of this episode, and it's very funny. <laughs> but, yeah, uh, yeah, that is a great moment. Yeah, us, yeah. but but yeah, to to your point, um, I do not feel that this character represents the English very well, and I'll I'll be writing a Stanley worded letter to. Uh, I'll actually I'll write it to JJ Abrams. Like your name's on the top of this, JJ. You you fix it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, get him get him out retroactively. Yeah. Um, all right, so uh, they talk about like ten percent of the population has been updated. So the idea yeah. is now that these reveries in the update have affected the uh, the hosts, and mm. if it has been done, ten percent of the population has been updated. So not everyone, not the end of the world, but a significant but, uh, number nonetheless. But a, but a significant number, yeah. And we um, find out uh, the core code is what stops them from hurting guests in this scene as well, which seems seems like an important little bit of exposition there to kind of understand how they work. Yeah, definitely the core code. Uh, okay, so uh, Teddy. Gets as I said, goes off. So Dolores paints. There's a family that comes up to Teddy, and I thought there was a couple of interesting things here. First thing is that the family says we can't cross the river because that's not child friendly anymore. So the idea, I don't think any of this is child friendly. <laughs> I would not the, bring yeah. a child here. Like there is a lot of violence in this place. 
Like, look what happens at the end of this episode in yeah. the main town. <laughs> yeah. Like, what are they talking about? The over kids the all river? love it. The kids all yeah. love it. <laughs> yeah. So, so over. I like the idea though of like the further you go out into the wilderness, the more hard, like hardcore, the difficulty is. Yeah, it's like it's like zones in an MMO. Like this is like the one to ten le- like level starting area. You go out there, you're in like the le- the sixty plus yeah. starting a- like area, and that's that's way more dangerous. Yep, exactly. And we also get a moment where the child questions if Dolores is real or not, and she sort of just skirts over the issue. She's, yeah. Yeah, she's sort of in her code to avoid it, I would imagine. Yeah. Like she it, yeah. I, th- I think it's really interesting, actually, for her. And I, also, I will point out as well, you know, I talked about Michael Wilk- Michael Wincott from Alien Resurrection showing up. Fucking Travante Rhodes from Moonlight gets a very brief cameo as one of the guys in the brothel with Teddy. Um, where funny, I was just yeah. like, ah, oh, Travante Rhodes. And, 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 you know, it's it's... That's one of the best things about these HBO uh, like prestige shows is the casting is ju- like you you just always get amazing actors and actresses in mm-hmm. them and this is obviously going to be another example of that. Um, but the thing I was going to say about Dolores is I really like the kind of there's almost like a subversion of the hero's journey here where she's like refusing the call multiple times because you can see her character multiple times throughout this episode like rejecting these opportunities to become more aware of. Um, her situations and and it gets more and more explicit these calls for her to 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 kind of wake up um Mm. and it ends with maybe maybe her waking up who knows wake up uh okay so father finds a picture Mm. of of a a woman in a city it looks like like Times square i think it did look like Times square yeah yeah um okay so i'm gonna make a i'm gonna make a prediction here i'm gonna shoot from the hip um, okay. right. I'm gonna say the woman in this picture, or the the girl, I should say, because it seems, she seems quite young. Um, uh, maybe, maybe sort of late teens, early twenties. So, um, I'm gonna say the 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 girl in this picture is Ed Harris's daughter, and I think I think something happened to her. Uh, so, thir- th- actually, 30... if it was th- mm, yeah, I know. I'm gonna say yeah, thirty years ago. I'm gonna say something happened to this girl in this park, and she's related to Ed Harris, and uh, and he's kind of seeking revenge for that. Okay, so we'll say related because you know, with thirty years time, like I suppose, like she she could have been because if he's how old did Harrison? That's probably like sixty five at least. Yeah, mid sixties. Yeah, so thirty five could have a teenage daughter, I suppose. Yeah. How old was the girl in the photo? I, I thought they she's definitely not a child. Yeah, yeah, child. Maybe not a child. Maybe she's like late, late teens, early twenties. Maybe older than that. Maybe I just I, I kind of misinterpreted mm-hmm. the photo. But I definitely think she's related to him. I feel like, okay. and I feel like that photo has been left there explicitly by Ed Harris's character to be found. Maybe he wanted one of Teddy or Dolores to to find it, and it just so happened to be picked up by a dad instead. Um, mm-hmm. But um, I feel like this is all part of a bigger plan. Awesome. Okay. Yep. I like that idea. I like that theory. We've got our first theory on the board. Lovely. Count Absolutely out. lovely. Um, okay. So uh, we get the annoying Lee again. I can't remember his last name, but that's the English just, fella. Yeah. And, and he's, he's just, he keeps on talking. And it's oh, just... uh, yeah. I, I do want to point out one thing though, Conrad. Go on. Can I point this out? How do we know that we're in, like, you might not have actually ever guessed that we're in a, like a futuristic world. Because we don't really see the outside world at this stage or whatever, even if we do. Yeah. But you have to know we're in a futuristic world because they use the word rotate. Rotate home. That is a good point, actually. Yeah, I, I, I never really... I didn't think too much about that. But to me, when when someone says they rotate home, to me that means going to a different planet. That's all I'm going to say. It's sci-fi talk. Yeah, it definitely I mean. is sci-fi talk. But yeah, I, I imagine that as someone like being stationed on a space station or a colony or something and then going back home. I guess it could just be that, you know, the people who work here, it could be literally in Arizona somewhere and the people who work here have to be on call for mm-hmm. nonstop for three months at a time or whatever. Um, but that is a really good point. I didn't necessarily pick up on the significance of that word, but it is what you're right. It is 100% kind of sci-fi shorthand for... Um, we're in the future. Um, yeah, and also um, we find out, of course, that there is perhaps uh, some kind of corporate interest in this park. Perhaps oh, yeah. people, people <laughs> with uh, an interest in military applications for this technology. Who could possibly say? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, possibly, possibly. Uh, so I, I, I do like uh, Lee. I sort of, kind of agree with Lee's point here, though, when he says, you know, like. We shouldn't be making them as lifelike as possible. 
Yeah. Because we don't we don't want people to actually think they're killing people, you know? Yeah, I mean I, I think um there's I'm just going back to my uh where's my stuff with Anthony uh, with uh, Ford's character. So I mean I think there's there's a lot of interesting stuff with 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 Ford in this um, because I do agree I think making them as lifelike as possible makes that makes the sort of practical job of running the park harder. Yeah. But it it also I don't know if this is necessarily this guy's point, but it also kind of gets into weird kind of ethical uh, gray areas. And I think mm-hmm. um, I'll probably talk about it briefly now. But Ford when he talks about this idea of being like indulged mistakes and how mistakes are basically what cause humanity to become what it is today to me that is quite a quite an arrogant mindset to have that he is essentially trying to do better than humanity by prompting these mistakes in the hosts uh, maybe not as explicitly as i'm reading it but that definitely mm-hmm. seems like a thought in the back of his mind that he's like humanity is never going to get any better than this i'm i'm gonna keep messing with these things to make them more and more lifelike because even if i make a mistake in it something new and exciting will come from it and it will kind of either push humanity out of its stagnation or potentially replace humanity if things go go badly wrong um and i but and i think that is absolutely kind of what that that does absolutely justify this this marketing scumbag's concerns, even if he's not really looking at the uh the picture in quite as big a way as that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I I I get that. It's interesting though that 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 sort of point is is uh is backed up by this weirdo idiot annoying character. You know. Yeah. What I mean? Yeah. Absolutely. Well, I mean, I think he just looks at it from a practical perspective. Like he just wants to yeah. tell his stories and for it to be easy. And it just so happens mm-hmm. that he's right but for different reasons, I think. Yeah. Uh, okay, uh, so short little scene of the man in black killing the poker dealer. Um, well, sort of. Yeah, well, he doesn't <laughs> kill him yet. He doesn't kill him yet. He no. sort of takes him out, and then eventually... I suppose we could just say that now. I don't, he eventually yeah, I don't understand him. a lot. Yeah, so I don't understand that. I don't understand why he... So he says he leaves three litres of... Three litres? Three pints. One, I think it's litres probably because it's American. Um, three litres of blood in him. If he loses any more than that, he'll die. He talks to him for like five seconds, um, saying, "You know, I'm going to get some answers from you." Then he scalps him, and it's later revealed in the episode that there's a kind of map on the inside of his scalp. So I don't understand why he bleeds him in the first place, and I don't understand why he keeps him alive if the plan was always to scalp him. Hmm. <laughs> I will say I don't think uh, Americans use metric in any way po- at all. Um, that's uh, yeah, that's probably true actually. Um, okay. Maybe Ed uh, Harris is just a man of the world. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, okay, so interesting point. Um, it just yeah, seems odd. Like, I, I, yeah, they're, they're, I feel like I'm either missing something there or there's something to be revealed as to why he bled him and um, left him alive for a little while longer rather than if it. Maybe, does, he, does he need him again in the future, maybe? Well, if he scalped him, I don't think he, I'm pretty sure you can't survive a scalping, right? Well, if you're a robot, like. Yeah, yeah, I guess so. <laughs> yeah, that's, a, that's a good point. Um, <laughs> because I, my my mind thinks if he let him die, then there maybe was going to be a ping. This one died, and they'd come and pick him up and reset him. But maybe he doesn't mm. want him reset. Yeah, possibly. Maybe Again, that like is the, it. I haven't watched this show in a few year, uh, like maybe a year. So there are things pop popping off my head, which I might be just giving you answers right now, but I don't actually know I am. But. Um, I can't remember why he leaves him alive, to be yeah, honest. Yeah, but I mean, maybe it'll be explained. Maybe it's just a weird thing. that it, Maybe he just likes bleeding out people. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Who that's, knows? That's one of his hobbies. Yeah, um, but uh, but yeah, certainly something to keep an eye on, this, this plot line with Ed Harris. It seems important. Yeah, definitely. Uh, okay, so uh, Bernard has a picture of a young boy. <laughs> Um, yeah, this this scene is a little bit heavy-handed. <laughs> like he, he like looking looking wistfully at a picture of a young boy, and then looking at the the host across from him and being like, "I admire your forgetfulness." <laughs> it's like, ah, uh, <laughs> I wonder if there's a problem in this relationship with the young boy. <laughs> <laughs> well, did, they, earlier on, didn't um, Luke Hemsworth say to him, "You know, you don't have kids." Yeah, you don't have kids, and he kind of gives him a little look. Um, and then this is this is confirmation that he does in fact have kids and they, and they don't speak to him i imagine 
Yeah. Okay. Um, yep. Yeah, so th- I just wanted to know if you read that as as his child. Um, yes, very much so. He's not just looking at a picture of himself as a child. Oh, though. that'd be great. That'd be hilarious. It's just like it's just <laughs> it's like when you go to your memories on Facebook and you're just like, oh, look at that young whippersnapper. That's what <laughs> he just carries him around. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. Okay. So uh, there's a problem with one of the hosts, uh, and it's actually yeah. Wal- Walter. Who was the one who was going to uh, take advantage of the uh, of Dolores' mother at the very beginning mm. in the ga- in the gang uh, the, of the rebel you know hoodlums? What do you yeah. call them again? Bandits. I can't. Yeah, bad bandits. Hoodlums. Bandits. Yeah, ho- the hoodlums. hoodlums. <laughs> ne- uh, Ne'er-do-wells is my. Yeah. Uh... <laughs> so he goes. He goes uh, mental. He yes. starts shooting up a load of people. Drinking a lot of um, milk. Drinking a load of this milk, but he does say, like I've actually uh, written down here that he said. He says it's not for you. He's it's not for you. He says to the to the newcomers. What did you yeah. take from that? Um, I I think like this is this is like a self awareness here. Like he knows there's a difference between them, and he knows that he always dies. Uh, you know they say once once they kind of shut this scene down, which by the way is brilliantly done. Um, the way they're able to like pause these actors in mid it happens several times throughout this episode yeah and i don't know how they do it whether the actors are just really really good at suddenly being very still or whether it's it's something more than that but um playing in slow motion you'll see they're like their chest going up and down you know oh do you actually think that's 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 what's happening when they're doing this um i well no i think it'll be a mixture it'll have they'll have to like practically i think when you could just have people stop on set what's more expensive having the actors on set to stop that day or, or the the CG to actually have them stop and edit yeah. the other ones in. I mean, people have been, like, freezing on stage for hundreds yeah. of years. It's not a new thing, but it just looks so good here that I'm like, mm. oh, that that feels like they've just actually stopped moving there. That's um, why it comes down to money for me. Like, is it is it, is it cheaper to do it the computer graphics way because you don't have to pay their wage for that day? It's, yeah. <laughs> yeah, what, you just freeze them and then, like, send them home. Like, you're done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, you're, you're done. We're going to do all the freezing scenes, you know, yeah. Um but yes, yeah, so, I mean this is this is self-awareness and he's aware that he always loses as well, which is interesting. Um you know, and he's aware there's a difference between the 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 newcomers and himself. Um I yeah, I don't know, with this and the sheriff, I wonder if it is just the update. That's kind of the theory I've got kind of cooking away in the back of my brain, or whether there's something mm-hmm. more going on here. Um but it's definitely like it's a really really striking scene visually in terms of like what he actually does with like all the milk bottles kind of scattered around mm-hmm. the, the body of the other the other bandit and then i do love the conversation that bernard and the other the other programmer lady have where where she's like this is like really messed up like this is murderous and but i was like they're murderous by design they're bandits <laughs> <laughs> it is very funny to like the idea of trying to create characters that are like malevolent and evil but only within certain confines like don't make them too crazy now we don't want to upset anyone. Yeah, that's like the, the, whole, the whole point. Uh, that was the same character who kissed the one. It was. Well, isn't it? Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. She has a kind heart, kind heart, uh, and a, a bit of a questionable, uh, <laughs> <laughs> quest, questionable understanding of consent. Uh, yeah. So, <laughs> Daddy is freaking the hell out here. Um, he's, he's hell is empty, and the devils are all here. Yep. He's whispering in Dolores's ear. Um, Dolores then goes off to find the doctor. Uh, mm. She sees she sees Teddy. I love that. It just it doesn't look like anything to me. Repeated twice, like again, yeah. just this rejection of just like she, you know, she's not mm-hmm. in any way complicit in in this kind of awakening at this point, um, which is 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 like just brilliant in contrast to where she goes at the end of the episode and mm-hmm. the, the the performance of her, um, the actor who plays her dad. It really starts being amazing here, like the the way he's kind of stumbling over his words, saying, um, "Yeah, he asked a question you're not supposed to ask, and got an answer you're not supposed to know." And then, as you say, hell is empty, and all the devils are here. Mm-hmm. It's just really, really like kind of arch dialogue um, delivered in a really upsetting way, and it's so so good. Yeah, no, I I am a big fan of this actor in this role because. Unlike the sheriff, who is just going, ooh, ooh, ooh. yeah. I mean, that's the, gross in its own way. But I mean, yeah, he's let, doing a, he's doing a good job. But he's, yeah. he's a bit of a one trick pony, that fella. Uh, whereas Peter Abernathy is like the way he's like in the middle of talking, and then he sort of changes, and then he has yeah. to. So when when at the end, like we're skipping over the uh, the shootout, but we'll come back to that. But uh, at the end, whenever Peter Abernathy is getting interviewed by Ford, 
and uh and they ask him about all the different builds that he has and like how he's going in and out and then going serious and then back to his own persona the way he's able to go in between is absolutely amazing i, yeah. I actually i love it it's um, such such a good performance by this actor just i and i really hope obviously you know he's he's stuck in storage by the end of this episode i really hope that's not the last we see of him because it is it is phenomenal yeah he's great um okay so before we get to the the sort of substance of that, uh, we'll talk about the uh, strange riders coming into town, and this yeah. is fucking uh, yeah the 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 Nazgul like yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so they they come into town according to the storyline, according to Lee, they come into town a week early. Um, yeah. So they come in a week early, and uh, yeah, so it's Hector. We meet Hector, and he's yep. he's basically robbing the the safe in the in the in brothel the, the brothel yeah so he, he reminds me a bit of um i don't know if you ever saw these but antonio banderas and like the el mariachi movies where mm-hmm. he's like and again you know talking about archetypes within the western sphere itself this is your bandit with a good heart that we've got here i, I, I presume yeah. um and well, he has some sort of relationship with mave already it seems yeah mave, yeah mave, who's tandy newton yeah, or a Tandyway Newton, as she as she is now. Oh, she's Tandyway! Re- oh, yes. Yeah, she's right. reverted her reverted her stage name. But um, yeah. So it, it's really interesting. I I like Tandyway Newton in this as well. Like she's got such such like such sass to her character, <laughs> and just the way like he comes in to the bar, shoots the bartender dead, and she's just there like whatever. Like I don't care. You're not gonna kill me. <laughs> like uh, absolute <laughs> nerves of steel. Um. This and character I, of Maeve is really interesting, and I'm looking forward to seeing you seeing the journey of it with Maeve. Yeah, yeah, she's just like really does not give a fuck. Like, yeah, I mean, this is this is some good English representation here. I'm glad to I'm glad that Lee isn't the only English character in this because, <laughs> God, that would be depressing. Um, <laughs> but uh, but yeah, so um, this uh, this bandit guy, he seems really cool, and like he he's he's obviously presented as this kind of like roguish uh kind of archetype which i was very into mm-hmm. i liked the um the lady with him who just starts fucking lighting up the entire town just like <laughs> yeah. shooting everyone including teddy and the uh, the thing i love about these uh, like i was saying these kind of like western like stereotypical narratives happening over and over again in this episode is and and the fact it works on its own without any of the sci-fi stuff is you get Teddy getting shot and then repeating the don't mind me just trying to look chivalrous as he dies. It's <laughs> yeah. just like, oh, James Marsden, you're getting done dirty in this episode, but God bless you, you're turning in a good performance. Um, obviously, we get Paint It Black playing on oh, the um, yeah, on the score, lovely. which like I'd forgotten that happened when it started playing. Like because at the beginning it's like you could be forgiven for you know there's little motifs of it in there. But it's not fully painted black at first, and and I was kind of like, is this the Rolling Stones that's playing at the moment? And then they, you know, fully goes into it, and I was like, oh okay, so this is the kind of show we're making, is it? With uh, with licensed music popping up occasionally, which I'm very into. Well, it was licensed music, but it was also in the style, you know. Oh yeah, absolutely. You know, it's like it's, it's very, it's um, it's diegetic, diegetic yeah, yeah. music, but um. But it's it, yeah, it's great. It just works brilliantly, and it's it's a nice little nod to, you know, the 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 old and the new meeting in 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 this weird kind of like middle zone in this this place where where it's neither one of those two things. Um, mm-hmm. And and talking about effect shots as well. So <clears throat> the uh, the the sheriff's eye going crazy is one. The dude like after Tandy Newton after Maeve gets moved out of the way of the safe, and then you've got the mm-hmm. grubby yes. bandit man who's like advancing on Clementine. The shot of his face exploding oh. outwards, that is not an easy shot to do. Like that's like normally that's practical. I think this was digital, but what an effect that was to look. Yeah. And it, it's just like normally when, when you see characters getting shot like that, they very rarely show the actual effect of the bullet because it's so mm-hmm. hard to do it. But they did it here and it's amazing to look at. Um very graphic indeed. <laughs> Very, very graphic. Yeah, uh, I've just, I've just got in my notes, hole in the face. Because yeah, because that's actually no, hole where the face used to be. That's, yeah, is, is big. Almost, almost as graphic as fucking Randy Quaid uh, turning up and shooting uh, the bandit and his friend in the neck, <laughs> like as they're as they're doing their big speech. Yeah, I, I, I love the build up of so uh, good. Of this speech, yeah, like Lee's um, so happy about it, he can't wait. Yeah, I think yeah. he de- he describes it as chilling. I believe, <laughs> I yeah, believe. chilling. And he's built up, and I, lo- I love even the way that the script was written. It was almost it was properly to accentuate the joke because it's like, yeah. oh it's like, yeah, there's a lesson today. 
<laughs> and the lesson is yeah, bang, <laughs> yeah, bang. Pull it through the neck, and he just like dies like a dog in the street. <laughs> it's so funny. It. And then the guy just like and his wife like they're so well played because they behave like someone will behave when they get that sudden rush of adrenaline. They're just like <laughs> like they're just uh, madly laughing as they say like go and get a photographer. We need to take a picture of these things I've just killed. Well, uh, I think the wife even says uh, look at a wriggle, look at a yeah. wriggle. <laughs> yeah, it's so funny. Um, and I, I could one hundred percent people, one hundred percent see people being that way uh, here oh, yeah. as well. It's yeah, great, great bit of black comedy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. So um, Teddy goes. He dies, as you say. Yep. Um, okay. So then Elsie is the name of the character. She comes over. It's the one who kissed uh, Clementine in the back room. Mm. Uh, comes over and and says, "Soon this will feel like a distant dream. Until then, may you rest in a deep and dreamless sleep." And then yeah, she goes so we've heard sleep. that we've heard that line a few times to kind of put characters to sleep. Yep. So they they sort of just go off. Down they go. Bit like a Darren Brown style, and then Dolores interview. It's almost as if this is the start of the episode again. We we've we have talked about whether it is exactly the same interview, yeah. but it's pretty much the same it's, questions. It's, it's a, yeah, I mean, it's a different interviewer. So in the beginning, it's Bernard, and this time, it's mm. the it's the the the, Hem- the, less, the lesser Hemsworth. Um, yeah. So um, I suspect we'll come back to that. But as you say, I mean, I think it could just be. That, that it's designed to show that this is a, a process that they've gone through hundreds and hundreds of times. Um, and obviously, we we you know, the questions that she's answering, she seems to be answering them honestly for the most part. Um, and uh, then we get the, the, the revelation that Dolores is the oldest host in the park and the security yeah. guy's like, not good old Dolores, which is like, um, <laughs> I have a feeling this might be our main character. So <laughs> like, I feel, <laughs> I feel like maybe we should hold back on uh, on ruling Dolores out for uh, for causing trouble, getting into not mischief. Not good old Dolores. Yeah, especially when she's the oldest one in the park and we've just been told that they could be accessing their old memories. Yeah. Uh, you know, a lot, a lot to get into there with Dolores, I'm sure. Um, so Peter Abernathy, his current build is Rose. Yeah. Um, and his itinerary is to meet his maker. Yeah. Um, well, he was in luck, according to uh, Ford, because he was sitting right there. And he says, uh, and Peter Abernathy, Abernathy says, I will have such ve- revenges on you both. They will be the, uh, the terrors of the earth. Yeah. And then is this the these violent delights have violent ends scene as well? I think Pretty, that's. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, it is. It's and so I mean it's it's all I think it's all Shakespeare. Um, I can't honestly claim to be an expert of Shakespeare, so I'm not sure what what it's what it's from. Um, but it just works so well in this context, and his his delivery of the lines again. I like not not to harp on about it, but it's just so so good the performance mm-hmm. here, um, and the shifting as you've said as well between and like we said previously the shifting between the different builds um and the the slight shifts in the performance that that that, that engenders it's just it's so so good um and uh i don't know i feel like i know they they kind of end up with the conclusion that this is him somehow accessing his old memories in the form of um the the sort of uh, murder mystery cultist thing that he was a part of but i do also feel like he's delivering a message for someone else here mm. that's kind of i i feel like this is this has been designed by someone um possibly ed harris's character um to uh to, to, to deliver that message i don't think it's him just kind of getting angry because i, I think that's part of it like him him his uh his drive is to protect his daughter mm-hmm. and he need, he that extends to him needing to protect his daughter the host from this nightmare of the park that she is stuck in but i think there's i, I do think there's more at play than just his own motivations okay uh yeah interesting well you know one one thing that is not at play anymore is his role within the park because yeah. he's been recast yeah that's such a bad recasting as well like when 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 every time dolores comes out and and uh and her dad is like, "You're gonna go out and set down some of this natural splendor." It's like, <laughs> yeah. oh, like just fucking bathe me in that character, like you know, <laughs> the heart of gold is what that man has. And then they replace yeah. him with the bartender, who's just like, "You're gonna go do some of that," and then like with derision, 
painting. <laughs> it's like, all right, okay. Well, I mean, painting is like, why do you have to say it like that? <laughs> it's, there's nothing wrong with painting. It's just, it's such a down. It, it's such a bad bit of casting that I hope they, I hope they recast him. Yeah. Uh, okay. Um, two more things. Mm-hmm. Actually, no, th- technically three more things. One thing yep. we didn't talk about already, but. First thing is it first thing is um is Bernard whispers something to Peter Abernathy mm. when he puts him in cold storage. Yes he what does. Do you, what do you think that he whispered to him? I don't know. I'm really not sure about that because I mean Bernard seems to Bernard it strikes me as someone who really admires the artistry of recreating kind of human emotions in mm-hmm. these in these creatures. Like he he remarked upon it to the security lady, like that he really wants to like, which is a, a really funny scene uh, that I didn't actually a really funny part that I didn't mention where he's saying like, oh you know your brow does this thing when you're angry angry and trying yeah. to control it. I'd love to I'd love to map it and and <laughs> and she's like fuck off and <laughs> it's very funny. Um, but so that's that's like kind of the impression I get of Bernard's character, which he do, but he doesn't seem to be as interested in kind of playing God as Ford is. So I don't think he's I don't think he's like lacing anything um, in to these uh, into these characters that's that that he's planning uh, to sort of come back in a big way. But I think he does seem to have a fondness for them. So maybe maybe he's just kind of giving them like a nice parting message or something. I, yeah. I I don't I don't feel like he's doing anything nefarious. I don't think that doesn't seem like it's in his character. Um but I think he might have some sentimentality for them and that's going to be reflected in what he's saying to them. Okay. Uh cool. Uh next up map in skull. Yes. A the big actual, old... so we we mentioned him as scalping him, but we didn't actually mention there is actually something on the inside of that scalp. Yeah, it's a like a labyrinth-looking thing, like that. You know those old like uh, things you used to get with like the metal balls, where you had to like tilt them to get the metal oh, ball. Oh yeah, like, yeah, 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 yeah. I, I was always so bad at those. Um, and that's what it looks like he's got here. So I'll be interested to see where Ed Harris finds the finds the little metal ball maze. The, the... So, so <laughs> for yeah, the, the little he actually finds one he has to do. <laughs> yeah. I won the game. Uh, do you actually feel that that is the fact that there is that on the inside of the scalp? Is that confirmation to you that there is some sort of deeper level of a game he's talking about here? Oh yeah, yeah, I think so. I think I think he's. I, I'm. I don't know what it's a map of, but there's he. He's definitely trying to get to the root of how this all works. I think so. He can possibly damage it or bring it all down because of something it did to his family thirty years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I think I, I. I'm interested to see where that map leads him because I can't even interpret that. <laughs> to be honest. Yeah, okay. No problem. Uh, last thing. Fly on face. Mm. Dolores smacks it. She said that they. Uh, she answered the question when she was being uh, interrogated by Hemsworth. Would you ever hurt a living thing? And she said no. Yeah. Because uh, they're not allowed to. Uh, and then she did kill a fly. Yeah, she killed a fly. Of, at the end of the episode. It's, it's such, a, such a great oh shit moment to end the yeah. episode. And actually, I mean, there's a lesser one that um, that I I I had like had not noticed the first time I watched this. That I did notice this time, which is uh, it shows Teddy coming into town again, and he's rubbing the bullet wound um, oh. in, in where he, where he was shot, and it's like Teddy shouldn't be able to that. feel that. Like that yeah. should that Teddy shouldn't remember being shot, but he's definitely rubbing the bullet wound. Um, and then yeah, as you say, the the big um, mic drop moment as Dolores kills a fly. Um, I suspect it won't be the last thing she kills in this in in this series, <laughs> to be honest. Uh, but yeah, I can't I can't wait to see where it goes from there. That was such a good first episode. All right, okay, so loads we talked about there. Do you want to get into the roundup, Conrad? Yes, let's do it. IMDb rating, eight point nine out of ten. What do you think? Um, yeah, I think that's about right. Like, this is really, I think this is mm, one of the best first episodes of tele- a series I've seen. Um, mm-hmm. it's just it's so strong in introducing what it's going to do, and I, I I can't wait to I can't wait to watch more. Um, so yeah, I think that's fair. Yeah. Okay. I think I think it's fair as well. To be honest with you, I thought it was a yeah. really great pilot. Um, if I was a network executive and someone came to me with this, I'd be like, "Yeah, yes, please. I'll have more of that." <laughs> yeah. Um. All right. Okay. So, uh, 
theories. You you gave us one theory. Mm. Did you have any more coming out of this? Um, well, so I've got I, I've kind of laced them in as I want to okay. do throughout the episode, but I'll go through them again just so everyone's everyone's clear and there's no mm-hmm. there's no hijinks. Um, so I think Ed Harris's character planted the photo at the ranch, and then separate to that, I think the girl in the photo was related to um, him in some way. And I think the mm-hmm. critical, and then separate from that, I think the critical failure that occurred over thirty years ago involved Ed Harris and that girl. Um, and then the last. Um, the last couple are sort of pretty obvious ones, but I think, oh well, they seem obvious to me, but I think the management interest in the application of this park is probably military, and I think the programmer guy with the beard, which is Bernard, um, relationship with his son and mother has fallen apart <laughs> based on uh, based <laughs> on uh, that kind of gimme of a scene. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> to be yeah. definitely. Um, right, yeah. overall, Conrad, then overall, what are you what are you thinking? Are you enjoying uh, the show so far? Are you looking forward to the rest of the season? Um, what are your hopes and dreams, Conrad? Yeah, I mean, I to be honest, I watched this and I was like, shit, I don't really want to come across as like a Luddite who just wants shooty stuff. But I watched this and I was like, fuck me, that was so good. Like, I, I've loved uh, <laughs> I've loved Dark and the OA, but they're very different shows to this. Um, and uh, yeah, this first episode, I was like, right, on board. Uh, and it was, it was similar vibe um, to what I had when I watched Game of Thrones for the first time where I was like, oh shit, okay, I'm really going to enjoy this, I think. Um, so yeah, I, I cannot wait to see uh, where it goes from here. Just everything, and it helps that it's HBO, so it's obviously very high budget, um, but just everything in this is like so, so high quality from like production design to the, the casting to the effects. It's just all all working for me at the moment. Yeah, I think I think it's interesting actually because, ironically, because <coughs> this is a western, it does have obviously we already see in the first episode there's, there's going to be some very big questions in the show. There's going to be a, a lot of like sort of intelligent questions raised and discussions had, probably even in, in terms of it seems in terms of the the minds of these hosts. Mm. But it still comes across to me as a ripping yarn. Yeah, like it still absolutely. still comes across as like a big adventure show, which is gonna ha- you know take you on a huge story, and you're gonna enjoy it the whole way, you know. Yeah, like I want to see you know more of Teddy doing gunslinger stuff. You know, I'm happy to watch that. Like it's yeah. obviously I want the other stuff as well, but I just like these character, these host characters that they've created too. Um, yeah, it's, so it's just it's working on every level for me at the moment. Yeah. Awesome, guys. Well, that is going to do us. I'm looking forward to next week when we get uh, on to episode two. Uh, I think there's 28 episodes or roundabouts that of the whole thing. So we're here for a, for a good few months. So strap in. Strap nice. in. I'm, I'm, look, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, so thank you very much to anyone who has come with us on the journey from the other shows or anyone who is jumping in because they are a fan of Westworld. You're very, very welcome. Uh, catch us next week for episode two. I think if you want to support the channel, there is some links in the description to like t-shirts and tip jars and all that sort of stuff. Uh, if you would subscribe, that would be fantastic. And if you give the video a like, we'd very much appreciate that. Right, guys. Thanks very much. Goodbye. Goodbye. Thank you for listening. The After Dark podcast has been a Culture Cave production. Please subscribe on audio apps as well as on YouTube at The Culture Cave. Join us next week as Conrad journeys further into the unknown.